Coming up, talking college baseball recruiting with John McGowan. He has not been on this podcast in a while, um, but recently he committed to the University of Connecticut to play baseball. And this was a really enlightening conversation about how he got his name out there when coaches had limited contact with high schoolers, college coaches. Um, so I think this conversation will really benefit anyone who's struggling to get their name out there that wants to play college baseball because John gave some awesome advice on how to do just that. So without further ado, here we go. All right. I'm here with John McGowan, good friend of mine and a recent UConn baseball commit. Uh, John, first of all, how are you today? I'm good, Quentin. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Uh, it's great to talk to you. It's I'm just I'm just chilling here, right. just chilling here at the house. Um, there's not much to do outside, to be completely honest, because it is sub four. Yeah, it's here crazy. in Maryland, and my entire driveway is ice. Yeah. Um, so, John, I wanted to talk to you today, since you are now officially committed to mm-hmm. playing Division One college baseball, just what the recruiting process was like for you and just sort of giving advice to other aspiring college baseball players who like are, are can definitely get there but are struggling to get their name out there, Yeah, especially, especially during um, the times we're in right now. Yeah, so my recruiting process, I would say, is very different because of COVID. Um, I had first started talking to schools about this time last year in January when I hit 85 miles an hour in a bullpen, which is kind of like a benchmark for Division One recruits. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, at that point, coaches weren't allowed to call me or text me, and I had to call them, so they had set it up through my other coaches. And um, with COVID the NCAA had a division one dead period. So they could not see me at all. And since we, the high school season was canceled, I had no video to send them or anything. So things were very slow. And um, so over the summer, things were very slow. I had a a really bad hamstring strain at the beginning of the summer and I ended up missing most of the season. So that had halted my recruiting process. Um, Yeah, like I said, it was very different for me, especially since I'm not a very hard thrower pitching velocity wise, but I throw from a lower arm slot. So I was getting, I was very hit and miss with schools. Like I would be talking to some like lower division one schools and they didn't really like what they saw. But then I was also talking to like Connecticut and Maryland who are very high up, but really liked me. It was very hit and miss uh, in my experience. And um, regarding UConn, they had reached out to my coaches when I was down in Georgia at the Perfect Game National Championship. And uh, I did not have very much interest in them at all. I've never been to Connecticut before besides when I visited. And uh, they reached out on Twitter. And the interns at UConn deleted the Twitter DMs. So at another point in time, I think in October or September, um, my coaches at R&D Baseball, where I trained, had reached out to UConn because them and the pitching coach, Coach McDonald, are good friends. And I was on their radar, and then I did really good down at the in Florida at the national championship. And um, I sent them some video, and they liked it. And they 
called me later that night. And uh, I talked to them a couple times. I got on a couple Zooms. Uh, they offered me, I think, in January, uh, in November. And I committed uh, February 1st. So, yeah, no, it was a fun process. But it was definitely not like most years. So, All right. So let's, let's back up, like, a lot. <laughs> like, a lot. So there's a lot to unpack there. So I want to start before you even, like, started talking to schools. Yeah. When did you start taking baseball seriously like what at what point in your life were you want to do this in college or even just in high school in college and beyond at, w- at what point in time did you did you yeah. make that decision well ever since i started playing baseball i've always taken it very seriously um you know i always had college on my mind and to play baseball in college but when i really started to like go after and set out goals and stuff I would say would be sixth or seventh grade and the point where I started to do research on schools and things like that and understand and figure out what I wanted in a school I would say ninth grade was when that started okay okay so once high school actually no first off when did you like, is there a point in time you realized, like, this is definitely, like, going to happen? College baseball or UConn? Uh, college baseball. I would say um, uh, when I hit 85 miles an hour, because before that, I was just kind of like a kid that threw straight over the top, had no, like, deception, and I, I threw slow. So, you know, I always thought I had it in me because of my size. Um but when I hit 85 and I started talking to my first schools last year, that's when I knew it was going to happen because I had five Division One schools talking to me. I wasn't going to, like, it was only going to go up from there. That's good. That's good. So speaking of getting looks, were those, you already kind of talked about how UConn reached out to you in, in Georgia when you were at the national championships yeah. and whatnot. Did you mostly get your looks from going to showcases and and tournaments and sending in real from those or were there any schools that saw like your high school baseball uh side and um sort of made their uh first impressions off of that no so the main way that i got looks was off of twitter there's this thing called the flat ground app which is basically you post something on twitter and you tag them and re- they retweet it and Hundreds of coaches follow that account and they see the retweets. So that's how I got in contact with my first couple of schools. And then after that, here and there, some schools would see a tweet and they would reach out to me. But then um, besides that, high school baseball didn't really do anything, especially since I haven't played a single inning on varsity because the season ended. Uh, my coaches at Diggin Baseball helped a lot and the coaches at R&D Baseball helped a lot with they have really good connections because they train so many Division One players that coaches just reach out to them and they end up building those relationships. And that's how I got in contact with UConn. So, yeah, would you say – how important would you say having connections are? So important. When you're getting recruited. Like, extremely important. I play on a travel team. I love my team. But we weren't filled with Division One commits. We weren't going to all these crazy tournaments or showcases. I just – they just had really good connections. Would you say your coaches was a was a lot of your coaches or was it just kind of like you 
or both? No, definitely coaches. Um, but it's a mix of things. Like when I first got in contact with the University of Maryland, they had seen the tweet that my coaches had posted, but then they also saw the email I sent and that kind of ringed the bell and they reached out to me. It's, it's a big combination of things. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Okay. Emails. Talk to me about emails. Yeah. How, how did that play into their recruiting process? Cause you've talked about it before off the pod in past conversations about emailing schools. Yeah, no. So I had sent out emails to pretty much every single division one school because, um, you never know where you're going to end up. I could have not gotten any offers and had to go to some school that maybe I didn't like, but it was Division One. It was a good program. So I sent emails to every single Division One school and even some high Division Two schools that I thought that I would like. And um, there's this, uh, this website called NCSA that you can send emails through. It makes it super easy, and you can see if the coaches open the email. So I could see if a coach – just wasn't interested or they just had not seen me yet and that helped a lot um but yeah uh without emails i would not be coming into university of connecticut so yeah you email i mean i guess that's a definitely one good piece of advice is just to get your name out there yeah like, however you can and i definitely think mass emailing it sounds like is good through ncsa i want to talk like just briefly about the flat the flat rep Flatground? Flatground app. Flatground app. When did that is that a new thing? It's yeah, no, it's fairly new. It was created by I think one of the video the baseball video analysts, um, analysts at ESPN. And basically he created it because he wanted to be able to get more kids looks from college coaches and stuff. And so, like I said, how it works is you post a video and you give your metrics, your height and weight, your grade, like where you live, stuff like that. And you put in a highlight reel and you tag them and they retweet it on Twitter and hundreds of coaches follow it. And so when they retweet your paid, your post, it comes up on all the coaches feeds. Oh, so that's it, it is awesome. It might be one app, but it's completely changed the recruiting process. Twitter. Cause yeah, Twitter I mean, is huge it, for recruiting now. Yeah. It, it just, that sounds like it just makes it so easy for college coaches to just see you. Like, they don't have to, like, physically go to your games, like, off a whim. Like, I'm trying to think. I, I, Michael Jordan, like, for example, like, coaches at um, – he was at, like, the five, this five-star camp. It was, like, a summer camp for good basketball players. Uh-huh. And pe- people had to, like, get – like, he, they heard his name, like, by word of mouth. Yeah, exactly. And then they physically went – they had to physically go to the camp to see him. But nowadays, I mean, especially with social media and – this new app i mean you could basically get hundreds of coaches to see you at the click of a button which i think is pretty cool twitter is so much more beneficial than i don't know what other sports use like huddle or max preps or perfect game or things like that it's so much more beneficial Hmm. that's something new yeah all right um i do want to talk about um oh just real quick were you looking at any d2 d3 ni NAIA schools or were you just solely focused on division one? I mean, there was like one or like one school that like I looked at, like thought about, but it wasn't really on my mind considering I had good options for division one schools. Okay. Okay. All right. Next. Um, I want to talk about COVID. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned it briefly before, but like really like, cause you have experienced it firsthand with recruiting and not being able to, uh, like actually get out there and play 
Um, how, just how has that impacted um, recruiting? Um, yeah, I would say that it makes connections so much more important because if you're not going to the – if you don't have connections and coaches can't see you play, there's pretty much no way that you can get recruited. Like before COVID, you could be playing on some crummy team and somehow – be playing against a good team and coaches would be seeing the other team and they would see you and they say, Oh, this kid's good. Let's check him out. But now with COVID it's all virtual and stuff. And like, I haven't, I haven't met the university of Connecticut coaches in person. All of it's online. I'm not allowed to see them. So it just, it makes things a lot more difficult. So yeah, we're, we was, was zoom. I assume I'm going to guess a popular form of like communication, I guess. Yeah. You know, when they offer kids, they usually go on zoom for it. Um, you know, like that first introduction call is usually just over the phone. But when, when a coach asks you to do zoom, you know, it's getting pretty serious and they usually will have Cause like, they, cause they, coach they, on it and stuff like that. Cause they would like want to talk, like talk to you yeah. like face to face. And they'll usually maybe have the family come on. Okay, I want to get into that. Glad you mentioned that. Um, just talk to me about like how your family, I guess family especially, but friends and peers were involved in this process and like how it's important to involve other people when making a decision. Uh, I would say, you know, I am um, UConn and like decision making. I would say that obviously I talked to my parents about it and when we got on the zoom with coach McDonald of UConn, um, they really liked him and they thought that he was a good guy and stuff. And he's known to be kind of a bully with his players, but we knew that he cared and that's what we wanted. Um, but besides that, you know, one of the guys that I trained with at R and D is committed to UConn, a great above me. So he helped me. He talked to me about stuff like that. But at, you know, at, at the end of the day, it was really my decision. And, um, there wasn't really anything that was going to sway me from it. I really wanted to go to UConn. So, yeah, you talked about sort of the first schools you uh, were contacted by. Um, how did you narrow down your choices? Was it a long process or did you like immediately know like there was a clear cut top five or three or even one? It was pretty clear, especially with COVID and everything. Um, it was much harder. I probably would have been talking to a lot more schools uh, pre if, my process was pre-COVID, but um, it was a like a wide range of schools and like a lot of schools ghosted kids and stuff like that. So, for example, I had gotten an offer from George Washington in um, October and I waited out and I thought about it and I just decided that it wasn't the place for me. But um, but then I had schools like Maryland and UConn that were so much higher up and like a, a better skill level. What was your original question again? Just how did you narrow? How did you narrow down yeah. your okay. your choices? Yeah, no. So, um, like I said, there was a wide variety of schools, and it was it was just kind of clear. UConn was it was in the best area for me, and they got like a new two million dollar facility. That's just amazing, and it was a good part of the country. And um, the area around it is kind of small, but the actual size of the school was perfect for me. So it just there wasn't really any other schools that struck me like UConn did. That's yeah, good. Sorry, that was That's a good. And I'm, difficult explanation. <laughs> no, that was good. That was good. And I'm, I'm glad like it was clearly like what you wanted. Yeah. 
Like, it's not like you're going to, I don't know, like, just for example, if you got offered by, like, some, like, huge, like, school that you didn't like, but the baseball was good. So, you were like, oh, I got to go there. But, like, you don't like the school. Yeah, and um, like I said, when I first started, like, when I heard UConn reached out and stuff, I wasn't really interested at all. I just sent them a blank email. Although I didn't, I didn't tell them that when they got on the phone with me. I told them that uh, I sent it directly to them. But it just ended up being the perfect place for me. I had wanted something urban at first in, like, a city or, like, a really big college town. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, UConn's kind of in the middle of nowhere. But it just ended up yeah, being the perfect environment. Yeah, that's good. And I, I think it's good just not with, I mean, obviously not with only athletes, but I think everyone that wants to go to a college, including myself, uh, it, it's important to, like, see what, like, actually go yeah. there and see what your options are. That's, like, what I plan to do this spring break hopefully because like i've only been to like a couple of the schools that i think i want to go to college in and there's just so many more out there that if who knows if i visit it and i like it i'll be like oh i wasn't really considering this yeah before. like i've heard some kids that um i mean they the kids that i've talked to that have said this have been in tough situations but some kids haven't visited the schools that they've committed to which is just not a smart idea in my opinion yeah that doesn't yeah that doesn't sound very uh smart so you said you were you've been doing like interviews and whatnot with coaches do you have any interview tips for kids that are also doing zooms with coaches um i would say definitely especially if your parents on the phone talk to them beforehand because i had to make my dad not ask certain questions and then Mm -hmm. i would come up with questions um what i did with uconn is that we had two different zooms, one with just me and him and him talking to me about more of the baseball side. And then we had another one that was about academics and student life and baseball. And that was more for my parents and to kind of ease their nerves. Uh, I ended up committing a week after that. So that was huge. So yeah. Um, come up with the questions beforehand. Uh, talk to your parents before and if they're on the zoom. And I would say, make sure that you're, you're you have good Wi-Fi because when I was on the zoom with, uh, George Washington, it was absolutely horrible. Like, I couldn't even talk to them. Mm. That's yeah. tough. That's tough. Um, trying to think of what else that I have. Oh, was it awkward telling the other schools that you had been talking to <laughs> uh, that you committed to? Yeah, UConn? so um, what I did was the couple of schools that I had made really good relationships with, I had called. And um, what I wanted to do was uh, – like schedule a call with them and get them on the phone but my family was like you should call them now and make sure that nobody else tells them make sure that they hear it from you so the second I committed mm-hmm. I just called them both out of the blue and um, neither of them picked up so I just left really nice like a minute and 30 second long voicemails saying like thank you for everything like you guys are a great program like you're a great coach and stuff and like I'll miss you blah blah, blah stuff like that and then the rest of the coaches that I had been in contact with once or twice and stuff like that. I had just texted and I was like, uh, I just want to let you know I committed to the University of Connecticut and uh, thank you for your interest, interest in me. Good luck this year. And that was it. It was, it was, I was very nervous to call those schools, but I didn't end up having to talk to them. So it was fine. All right. That, that's good. Um, how did it feel when you committed to No, it, it felt good. It was, it was kind of like I got the monkey off my back in a way just because. I worry, especially with COVID, that things weren't going to work out. And um, 
-hmm. no, I felt really good just to be able to know where I'm going. And I didn't feel like I was settling at all because I know a lot of kids settle or they get deadline and stuff. I didn't feel that way. That's good. That's good. Can you just sort of elaborate on why? Um, I mean, I feel like the, the notion is once you commit, like you're good, like you can just coast. Um, can you talk about how that is not true? Uh, yeah, I would say it's not true. Um, especially with this COVID stuff going on because the rosters have been expanded this year. They're unlimited. And so, um, playing time's a lot harder to come by. Scholarships are a lot harder to come by. And, um, and yeah, and I would just say that it's just, there's so much more competition and spots are filling up quick and, uh, you can get decommitted. Like coaches can just decommit you everybody until you sign your letter of intent. It's just a verbal commitment. So you just got to keep on working hard and keep on improving. So that's, yeah, that's, that's good advice. Um, I just had another question. Oh, okay. So what are the NCAA rules this year? You said rosters are unlimited. Yeah. Seniors this year, are they, are they allowed to come back next yeah. year? Yeah. So basically uh, in 2020, when the pandemic first started, they gave everybody who was currently in college baseball in the NCAA an extra year of eligibility. So freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and, um, and this year, the rosters are unlimited. I know UConn has 50 kids when they would usually only have 35 or 38. <coughs> and um, I think the year after that, it goes to like 45, and then it goes to 42 or something. And then the time I get to campus, I think it's 38. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, no, but it'll be fine because like, like the rosters will start dropping naturally anyways. And uh, in regards to the dead period, they had given a dead period over the summer for all Division One schools. So that means that you couldn't visit a coach on campus. They couldn't see you, anything like that. And uh, they kept on extending it, kept on extending it. And they extended it to something like April 1st. And they just extended it to June 30th, which really, it sucks for so many kids because coaches can't see them. Uh, being a pitcher, it's so much easier because coaches can just see your fastball velocity and there's so much more technology to see what kind of stuff you have, but as a hitter, yeah. you just kind of have, you just have to kind of like have the look for it, if you know what I mean. And you can't really do that over video. Are you saying like, look for like, sort of like in uh, Moneyball when all the scouts at the table were like, ah, he's got a, he's got a really nice yeah, like, swing. Like, ah, he's got a really clean swing. Is that like what coaches are sort of forced to do yeah, now? But it's, yeah, exactly. And it, but it's harder to see that because, you don't really get to see the way that they handle themselves and their demeanor. Like you can't really tell if somebody looks like a ball player. So if you don't have the look, but you have the skills, coaches might not see that. So, wait, yeah, I want to talk about that. You can't really, other than like a zoom interview, you can't really see the human side yeah. of a prospect. Um, I, I can't imagine that's anything but detrimental. Yeah, no, it's not fun, but, um, that's why you got to talk to the coaches often. You know, before I committed, I was talking to the coach pretty much every single day. And so I got to know him well. And then we had multiple calls. So, um, yeah, at first, it's hard to get to know them. But you'll, when you commit to a school, you'll have enough phone calls with them to where you feel comfortable and they feel comfortable with you. Not to, um, <coughs> not to mention, 
they talk to your coaches to see what type of person you are. That's that's yeah. key. That's key. That's basically just like a recommendation. Exactly. Sounds mm-hmm. like. Mm. All right. So before we close it out, one more thing, John. If there was anything, anyone listening to this, they're 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 definitely good enough to play college baseball, but are really struggling right now, especially considering COVID. What's what's some lasting advice that you have? I would have? say, uh, sit down with your travel coaches, your high school coaches, and talk to them about where they think you are skill level wise and have them reach out to schools. I would say post stuff on Twitter and tag flat ground app and don't post stupid stuff like a deadlift post your actual skill work and make sure all of your numbers are in there. And I would say send so many emails that you just get sick of it. Even if you don't think that you're ever going to go to the school, still send an email because it can also create kind of a uh, snowball effects and momentum. If, if Xavier hears that somebody like that, I get an offer from UConn, you never know. Like maybe they see that they're both in the big East and they're like, Oh, we should look at this kid. And that's, that's just hypothetical. So Mm -hmm. totally. So yeah, just get there, get your name out there. However Mm -hmm. you can. Cause like, as you said, you you never, you said you never really saw yourself going to UConn. You never really considered it. (laughs) And then, yeah. And then here you are. So yeah, that's that's definitely good advice. John, thank you for coming on. This was very this was very productive and I think I definitely learned a lot. And hopefully people listening to this that wanna play college baseball, hopefully you got something out of it. So John, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. See ya. All right, that'll do it for the pod. Thank you to everyone who listened. We really appreciate it. I hope you all got something out of that, learned something new, because I certainly did. As always, make sure to check out theblackandwhite.net. We've still got some awesome stories going up from some awesome writers. And as always, make sure to check out therutabaga.net, where you can find high-quality satire, courtesy of Walt Whitman High School. As for the podcast schedule for this week, um, I don't really know. I plan to come out with something, whether it be NBA, NFL, or MLB. But there will, there, will, there will certainly be something. So make sure to look out for that. All right. Thank you to everybody who listened. As always, maintain your social distance. Wear a mask when you're in public. Wash your hands. Stay safe and take care.